Thank you, Brother Royce. Take your Bibles and turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I sure appreciate the ladies that have uh, helped with the music. Uh, while Miss Lois has been away, it's been a blessing. And appreciate having the organ this morning, how wonderful that was. And praise God for good godly music. Amen. And uh, we, uh, sometimes we take for granted uh, what we have and how blessed it is to be able to sing God's praises, how blessed it is to have folks involved in ministry that way, and I'm excited. Uh, Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8, I want us to look together, and I want to talk to you about some Bible benefits this morning. The benefits that God gives us in His Word are amazing. The privileges we have being God's children. But I want to talk to you specifically this morning, very directly about the benefits from the Bible. From the Bible. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this blessed book. Lord, I don't believe we could thank you ever enough for giving us your word. Lord, you've given us the comforter of the Holy Spirit, your promise. But you've also given us your word. Lord, that your spirit can guide us in your word, your truth. Lord, so often as believers living in a world that knows not God, we forget. We forget the benefits. We forget the privileges we have. Lord, I pray you'd help us this morning to be reminded. Help us to praise you. Help us to be challenged. Lord, I pray if there be one here this morning that knows you not as Savior, Lord, I pray that the greatest benefit of all would be seen in their hearts, the benefit of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ through the gospel that we see in the word of God, the death, the burial, and resurrection. Lord, I pray they would see their need of a Savior today and believe. Lord, I pray for Christians you would challenge us and help us to realize the importance of the word of God. Lord, I pray you'd help me to preach and teach and write your truth today. God, may you be glorified. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I'm going to need some participation here this morning. I'm going to ask, some, ask a few of you a question and help me here. Uh, before I ask that question, how many of you, uh, I know this is going to be, very few people are going to be able to raise their hands. I, I know maybe one or two. But how many of you have ever eaten Filipino food? Imagine that. That's, that's shocking. Uh, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask a couple of you what your favorite dish is, Filipino dish. Brother Mark, what's your favorite Filipino dish? How many of you like that? How many of you have no idea what it is, but you'd eat it anyway? 
It's soup, anyway. Uh, is that right? Stew. Stew, yeah. Soup, same thing. And uh, don't give me a hard time, Mark. Uh, let's see here. Brother Joe, what's your favorite Filipino dish? Papaitan. Man, what's the, what's the deal with all the soup today? Uh, amen. I, Brother Dexter, what's your favorite? Spring roll. You better say something your wife makes or you're in trouble. <laughs> and most, most of you, of course, many of you are from the Philippines, but most of us have enjoyed Filipino cuisine. My favorite Filipino dish is kari kari. And, and I'll never forget, I was at Brother Mike Padua's home. And I think you guys bought it somewhere. I don't think somebody made it. And they had not. I'm, they, they can cook. I'm not saying that, but it was, it was from a takeout from somewhere. And first time I had it, and I saw by the mic, he had this little jar, and he took the jar, and he kind of walked away. And I said, what is that? He said, Pastor, you, you, don't, you won't like this. And I walked over because I'm curious, and it was bagong. <laughs> and I said, I want to try that. He said, oh, no. He said, no, you won't like it. And I tried it. I loved it. And uh, that's my favorite uh, Filipino dish. So quite a while ago, I decided I am going to learn how to make it. I, I like I cook once in a while. I'm a pretty decent cook, but I'd never cooked any Filipino food before. My wife uh, learned to make Filipino spaghetti from Miss Cheryl, and uh, she makes that. But I'd never made it, so and I I wanted I didn't want to ask anybody in the church because I wanted to make it and surprise. Man, Pastor can make cutty cutty, and so I looked online and I researched. How many have ever done that with a recipe? And I looked at this website and that website and finally I saw one. I thought, man, this, this looks right. So I, I found the recipe. I went to uh, Lucky 97 grocery store over here. I had my phone in my pocket. I pulled the recipe up. Okay, I need some beef shank. So I go over and I got some beef shank. Uh, what vegetables do I need? And I had to get, I, I kept looking at the recipe. And I got all the things that I needed. And then I took it home. I had to get, uh, how do you call it, an anato powder? Is that the right word? I mean, I got the real stuff. Uh, I bought everything. I brought it home. It came time to cook it. I got my phone out. I set it on the counter. I got all my stuff together. I looked, okay, do this. So I started with that. I, I parboiled the, my beef shank for 15 days. I, I cooked it a long time. I'm skimming off all the, all the nasty stuff that comes. I mean, all the stuff you have to do. I'm, I'm following the recipe. And I got all that ready. And then I began with the vegetables. And I parboiled the vegetables. And I, I, I made it. Now, when it turned out, it wasn't as good as I'd hoped. So when I was down in Calgary, I saw uh, Brother Paul Bianis. Some of you know Brother Paul. Brother Paul is a chef. Like he, he is a phenomenal cook. And I saw Brother Paul. I said, Brother Paul, I said, I made cutty cutty. It wasn't as good as I hoped. I said, give me some pointers. I told him what I did. I showed him the rest. Oh, you did good. He said, a couple things you did wrong. He said, don't use store-bought peanut butter. He said, make your own peanut butter. And he told me some other things to do. And I, I took his notes. I took my recipe. I made it again and praised the Lord Jehovah God. It was good. 
You know why it turned out pretty good? Because I followed the recipe. Now, if I just took a bite of that at Brother Mike's house years ago and said, well, that's good. I like that. I'm going to make it. Brother Ramon, it wouldn't have turned out right. I had to follow our recipe. Those of you that have favorite dishes and favorite things, now I know many, many of the folks, many of, I remember my grandmother, my grandmother, I don't think knew what a recipe was. Uh, my mom will say she followed the recipe. I'll look at the recipe and say, Mom, did you do this? No, no, I didn't do that. But I followed the recipe. She's a great cook. Many, many of the greatest cooks had their own recipe up here. They may not have had it on a piece of paper, but they did the same thing every time, and it was wonderful because they followed that recipe. Can I tell you, Christians, that God wants you to follow his recipe? God's given us his word. And what does God want us to do with his word? We see here in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Number one, and this is not the message this morning, but foundationally, I want you to get this. I want you to understand it. God wants you to speak his word. He wants you to speak his word. How many of you know that you can look at a piece of paper and look at something and look at something, but when you say it, you begin to get it a little better. God wants his word coming out of your mouth. Number two, as we look at this verse, uh, just foundationally here this morning, thou shalt meditate therein. In, in what? The law, the word of God, day and night. So God says, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about my word. I want you to speak my word. I want you to think about my word. I grew up in the South. I grew up, we had a lot of dairy cattle around where I'm from. And I'd watch the old, the old Holstein cattle, the big black and white cows. I'd watch them out by the fence when I was a kid, and they'd sit there. All day out there chewing their cud. Now, they're ruminant animals. God made them kind of like pastors. Pastors and cows are built the same. They have more than one stomach. And the old cow would eat the food. And God made them so they could eat something. And the stuff they eat isn't real digestible. So they eat it and it goes in the first stomach. And then it comes back up in their mouth. How many of you are glad you're not a cow? And then the old cow chews his cud. Getting more nutrients, more food. And then swallows her down again. God wants you and I to ruminate or think about. Or the Bible word we see here in verse 8, he wants us to meditate on his word. He wants us to speak his word. He wants us to meditate on his word. And look again in verse 8, thou, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. And that's the, that's the illustration I shared with you about when I made Cutty Cutty. I looked at what it said, and then I did what it said. I hate to confess this to you, but one of the main reasons my first foray into Filipino cuisine failed is I thought that I had rice flour at my house. I assumed I had rice flour. I was sure I had rice flour. And I was at the point, if you've ever made kitty-kitty, there comes a point where you, you've got to thicken it and everything's together. I went to reach in and grab my rice flour, and I found out I did not have rice flour. 
So I did what I should not have done, Brother Ahmad. I looked and I thought, well, I got coconut flour. That would probably work. Just in case you're wondering, doesn't work. It ruined it. Because you know why? I didn't follow the recipe. Christian, when we don't observe to do all that God says, that's when we get in trouble. We need to see it. We need to observe it. And we're to observe it, not just to enjoy it. Too many spectator Christians today. God wants us to be involved. He wants us to observe so we can do. So we can do what he says. It goes on there in verse 8. And this by way of introduction here this morning. It says that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And thou shalt have good success. Christian, I want us this morning to realize the importance of this book. This is not a talisman. This is not some magical thing that you, you, you hold and it does something special as you hold it. No. It's the Word of God. I'm to speak it. I'm to meditate on it. I'm to see it. And I'm to do what I see. And God says when I do those things, then I'll be prosperous and I'll have good success. I want to give you seven things this morning. We're going to turn quickly first to Psalm 1. Psalm 1 verse 3. And we looked at this verse on Wednesday night in our Bible study in the book of Colossians. We, we started here in Psalm 1. But Psalm 1 3. And we see a little bit of this in Joshua. But I want you to understand, number one, one of the benefits of the Word of God is the benefit of prosperity. Now, understand this morning, I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about the message of the hell evangelist. I mean, the televangelist uh, that say, oh, you do this and, you know, send, send me this money and uh, you do this and God will bless you and God will give you a new house and a new car and a new job and a new wife. And uh, No, that's what it gives to them. Uh, we... We think that that is the blessing of God. Can I tell you that uh, prosperity is not about how many dollar signs or you have in your bank account. Prosperity is God's blessing. I have met in my life some dear saints of God who lived in not much more than a tar paper shack. who had nothing as far as the world's concerned, who were far more prosperous than those that lived in mansions today. I think of a dear, sweet lady, Mrs. Redmond, a little lady that lived in the town near where I grew up. I went to help her when I was a teenager do some things around her home. She was up in years. Health was failing. She had nothing as far as the world was concerned. But I sat around a meal of pinto beans for lunch. That's all she had. And I sat with her as she prayed, as she talked with God, and she told me the goodness of God. And I remember thinking, that woman is rich. She's rich. 
Christian, the word of God, the benefit of the word of God is prosperity, but don't let that word scare you. If God wants to bless you financially, he can do that. But it doesn't mean I do not have the prosperity of God if I do not have financial blessing. That's what we call blessing. The Bible tells us here in Psalm 1, in verse 3, And he shall be like a tree, planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Christian, the Bible tells us here that when we spend time in this book, that God prospers us. I'm reminded of Joshua, not Joshua, of uh, Joseph. Joseph was sold into slavery. Joseph ended up in Potiphar's house, and Potiphar put him in charge of everything. You know why I put him in charge of everything? Because Potiphar saw that everything Joshua did prospered. What was that? That was God. Christian, God wants your life to prosper. And I'm not talking about new cars and new houses and all of that. I am talking about God wants your life to count for him. He wants what you do to be prosperous for the gospel's sake. God wants... Parents, God wants your rearing of your children to be prosperous. God wants your influence in your, in your neighborhood to be prosperous. God wants your witnessing for Christ to be prosperous. God wants every aspect of your life to prosper. And how does that happen? This is the key. This book is the key. Speak it. Meditate in it. Observe to do it. And God gives us the benefit of prospering us in every aspect of our life. By the way, I, I mentioned that prospering doesn't mean that God necessarily gives us financial prosperity. But also, let me say this, lest we equate financial prosperity with sinfulness, God doesn't say that. God says the love of money is the root of all evil. It's very easy for us to tip one way or the other on that area and say, oh, that person has wealth or they have this, then God, you know, they must not love God. Can I tell you it is God who decides his blessing and how he, how he manifests that in your life and mine? But God will prosper you, Christian, in his word. As you get deeper in his word, God will prosper your life. He'll prosper your family. He'll prosper your relationships in every aspect of life. Look, if you will, at Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans 10 and verse 17. So number one, we had the benefit of prosperity. Number two, we had the benefit of growth. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Monday evening, about the time many of you were sitting down to have supper, the Lord allowed me to shoot a moose. It was a big moose, big animal. Rebecca was with me, and I've got a picture of her laying on top of the moose, and her feet are back by the moose's tail, 
and her head is not even up on its neck. It's a big animal. Moose have the distinction of being the animal that grows the fastest of any animal in God's animal kingdom. When a baby moose is born, they're very tiny compared to the size they are when they are full grown. And that little baby moose, when it is born and gets up and it's all legs, if you've ever seen the, the picture or video of a little baby moose, they're the most comical looking creatures. Of course, they look a little bit like a horse that's deformed, Brother Jim. And uh, they're wobbly little weird little creatures. But that little wobbly little creature grows really, really, really fast. That moose that's living now at my house in my freezer, uh, when he was walking around Monday before he met me, his shoulder was that high. His shoulder. Now, when he was born... This little wobbly little guy. What happened? He grew. He grew. Christian, one of the benefits of the Word of God is God uses His Word for you to grow spiritually. The Bible says, So faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Alex was telling me here that Alaric is giant of a baby. Uh, was he 500 pounds now? He's got it's a fitting. He has a moose on his chest. That's very fitting. But Alex said that his, his son likes to eat so much that when he, when he gives him a bite of food, as soon as he takes to go get another bite, he starts screaming until he gets another bite. And he's wanting to eat more and more and more. How many of you feel Alaric's pain? I'm, I'm the same way. Brother Royce, I see that hand back there. Uh, you be at the altar after the service. But can I tell you that as Christians, God wants us to go to the food of the Word of God. And as we get to this book, God grows your faith. He grows my faith. Say, Pastor, I'm... I'm pretty good. I don't need to grow anymore. I'm, I've arrived. I've made it. Well, that's unusual because the Apostle Paul, arguably one of the greatest Christians that ever lived, said, I, I haven't made it yet. I have not yet arrived. Uh, I, I pressed towards the mark of the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I, I'm still growing. I've still got to go forward. I'm still seeking after Christ. I still want to grow. Christians, we need to be growing. And one of the benefits, one of the ways we grow, the main way is the Word of God. It is our source of growth. The benefit of the Word of God. Prosperity. God's prospering our life. God growing us and growing our faith. Would you turn back to the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119, if we want to call it a chapter. It's a song. Psalm 119 and verse 11. Number three here, we see the benefit of victory over sin. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. 
thy word have I hid in mine heart. God says the benefit of this book. Why is it that God wants you to speak his word? Why is it God wants you to meditate on his word? Why is it God wants you to observe it and to do it? One of the reasons and one of the benefits is, as I take his word and I hide it in my heart, God gives me victory over sin. God gives me victory over sin. By the way, this, this victory over sin is not a, a one-time battle. I was weary this week. I came home on Tuesday morning and dealt with Mr. Moose. And on Wednesday, I told Brother Colton in the office early Wednesday morning, I said, I feel like I fought Mike Tyson. I said, I don't remember fighting Mike Tyson. I said, but I feel like I fought him the last couple of days. And I said, I feel like he won more rounds than I won. I was tired. I was sore. I was weary. Can I tell you, oftentimes the battle in your life for sin, we, we get this idea that it's a one-time battle. It's a clash and it's done and the battle's over. It's a daily battle. The Bible says, I die daily. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. The problem with a living sacrifice is it's awful easy to get up off the altar. A dead sacrifice stays on the altar. A living sacrifice wants to get up. But God says that one of the benefits of the word of God is it gives us victory. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Can I tell you, many Christians who say, Pastor, I'm just struggling. Really struggle with this sin, struggle with this. If you ask the question, those that are really, really, really having a tough time in some areas, and, and all of us are there sometimes. Most of the time when you're there in that place, if a Christian is truly honest, they would say, I'm not really spending much time in the Word of God. A story was told years ago of a missionary in the western United States, a missionary to First Nations tribes, western U.S. A missionary had shared the gospel among the people there. I can't remember what people group it was. And several folks had gotten saved, and the, the chief, the chief got saved. And this missionary was traveling and he wasn't able to be there long. He was there and ministered and, and helped and he had to go away for a while and he came back and when he came back, he went to visit the chief. And he went to visit him and he said, Chief, how's it going? He said, now that you follow Jesus, now that you've believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and you're a Christian, he said, how, how are things going? An old illustration been told thousands of times, but the chief looked at him and he said, I have two dogs inside of me. He said, I have a black dog, a bad dog, a dog that wants to do evil, a dog that wants me to go against the word of God. And he said, also inside of me, I have a white dog who wants me to live holy, wants me to follow the book of God. 
And he said, those two dogs, the white dog and the black dog, he said, every day they fight. The missionary looked at the chief and said, chief, which dog? Which dog wins the fight? And the chief said, the one that I feed the most. The one I feed the most. Christian, one of the reasons we struggle in the battle of sin is we don't feed ourselves enough on the Word of God. One of the benefits of the Word of God, it gives us prosperity. The Word of God gives us growth. The Word of God gives us victory over sin. You're in Psalm 119. Would you look over a page or two to verse 165? Verse 165. And this is a wonderful benefit. It gives us a benefit of the peace of, of peace of mind. Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace. What kind of peace? Great peace. Not, not, not just a little bit, but great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We live in a world today where it's a constant struggle for peace of mind. There are many today that barely know what it's like to have peace in their mind. There are many Christians. There are many Christians who struggle with finding peace. Now let me preface this first by saying I am not discounting for one second the reality of physical and emotional struggles. I, I, I understand the reality of, of clinical issues. And the, if you're struggling with some issues that way, I'm not belittling you. I'm not attacking you this morning. But there are many Christians who do not have those struggles who do still struggle to find peace because they don't spend time in this book. The most peaceful place in all the world is when I find myself saturated in the Word of God. Does that mean that everything is smooth? Many of you drove a vehicle here today. Most of you have very nice vehicles. Praise God for that. Uh, anybody here ride a donkey to church this morning? I thought about riding Yeti, but Yeti didn't want to cooperate. Most of you came in wonderful vehicles that God's blessed you with today. And As you came to church today, you drove over the roads in Edmonton. How many of you know that Edmonton roads are horrible? I'd raise both legs if I could. Worst roads in maybe the world. No, we got some bad roads. And, of course, we're in construction season right now. That's the only good thing about that dirty four-letter word, snow. Once that happens, construction season ends. But we're in construction season. The roads are torn up and beat up. And... But although the roads are not nice and although they're not perfectly smooth, most of you, as you... We're dressed in your Sunday finest this morning, as you said, in your comfortable leather seats with your amazing sound system in your car. 
And as you were relaxed, as you were coming to church, as you're riding to the church, although the roads were not perfect, you rode very comfortably to church today. You know why? Because on each of the four corners of your vehicle, there's a strut or a shock absorber. And although the road is not perfect, if you watched a high-speed video of a side camera picture of a car as it's driving, you would notice that the tire, your tires, your front and rear tires, often are, they're doing this. And they're moving up and down, but the car, as they're moving up and down, the car is moving smoothly. Because those shock absorbers take the shock. It doesn't transfer to you. If you have a vehicle with a bad shock or a bad strut, you take all the shock. Can I tell you the peace of God? The peace of God is not God smoothing out all the road in front of you. It's God absorbing it for you to have peace. Paul, when he arrived in every town, he didn't get there to welcome crowds of people waiting and, Paul's here. Oh, we're excited. Brother Paul, we're so excited you came to our town. We're so wonderful. You got to come and be with us. We're so excited to have you. No, that's not what happened. Paul got to town. He went to the, he went to the temple the tabernacle, he went to gather with the Jews in that city. And he told them, hey, you're waiting for Messiah. He's already come. His name's Jesus Christ. He, he's been crucified. He's risen again. He, he's, he's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the Savior. And they cast him out. And then he went on the street and started preaching Jesus. Almost every town. The police had arrested him. They take him out and beat him. They put him in prison. They stoned him. Hold on a minute. Why wasn't Paul's ride smooth? I mean, why didn't God just smooth the way? It wasn't the will of God. But Paul in prison, after being beaten, was heard by the prisoners singing praise to his God. Why? Because Paul had peace. He had the peace of God that passeth understanding. The Word of God. The Word of God is that peace. It gives us that peace of mind. He could stand and preach to different people groups. In every group, he could stand and preach with peace in his heart because he had the Word of God in him. Christian, would you turn quickly with me back to the New Testament, to the Gospel of John, John chapter 15. And I hasten this morning, just a couple more truths I want to give you before we close today. John chapter 15 and verse 7. Another benefit to the Word of God. What do we do with it? We're to speak it. We're to meditate on it. We're to observe it, to do it. Another benefit of those things of the Word of God in our life is the benefit of answered prayer. John 15, verse 7. If ye abide in me, and my words 
By the way, I'm sure glad I have the words of God. By the way, this is not the words of men. It's the word of God. The Bible tells us there in verse 7, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. How many of you are grandparents? We have some grandparents in here. Several. Some great-grandparents as well. (laughs) Yep. You grandparents will understand this the most. But when a grandchild comes to grandma or grandpa or whatever fancy cute name you think you're going to give yourself so you don't sound old, uh, whenever they come to you and ask you for something, it bears some weight. My sister has a little boy. His name is Luke. He's four years old. He's my dad's buddy. He loves my dad. My dad has been heartbroken this year. He started K-4. So he's been away at school during the day. He goes to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then Friday, he says he goes to Pawpaw school. Uh, He goes to my mom and dad's house. And he loves farming. He loves tractors. He loves equipment. You have to understand, they don't live in the big city like this. They, They live out in the farm, out in the country. And he loves everything farming. And there in West Virginia, there's a store well, across the river in Ohio, a store called Tractor Supply. There's Farm and Fleet, Tractor Supply. It's a little bit like our PV Mart, but much bigger. And at the Tractor Supply, they have a, a toy section. And farm kids like different toys than city kids. And he loves toy tractors and toy farm implements. And I remember probably six or eight months ago, he had in his head, because he he likes watching YouTube videos of farm equipment, and he had in his head he needed a toy manure spreader. Three-year-old kid, I need a manure spreader. You know what he did? He went to my dad. He said, Papa, I need a manure spreader. You know what that little boy has? He has a manure spreader. <laughs> now, if somebody on the street come up to my dad and said, I need a manure spreader, uh, he just said, I don't care. But when Luke came and said, I need a manure spreader, it wasn't too long till he got a manure spreader. Why? Because Paul Paul heard him. And he loves him. And he wants to do what he can for him. Christian, how come we can understand that with our children, with our grandchildren, with those we love? Why is it we can understand that, but on the flip side of the coin we fail to understand that God wants to meet our needs. God says when we, in verse 7, abide in Him, when we abide in Him, and His words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. One of the benefits of speaking His word, meditating on His word, 
observing to do his word, is that God says, I'll answer your prayer. I'll answer your prayer. But when we push his word away, when we don't want his word, when we don't want to listen to his word, when we reject his word, the Bible says your sin, your sin have separated you from your God. Not that he cannot hear, that he will not hear. One of the benefits of the word of God in my life is answered prayer. In Jeremiah, back in the Old Testament, and I'll turn there very quickly, Jeremiah chapter 15. This is the time when Jeremiah was made to eat the word of God. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. The Bible says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. On Monday, a couple hours before I met Mr. Moose, who lives at my house now, Rebecca and I were out in the bush and we stopped at a place and we were hungry. And I opened up a pack that I have that I keep stuff in and I had some tins of canned fish. And I opened up a can of kippered uh, herring, and we ate that. And Rebecca said, I wish you had some, some smoked mussels. How many of you like smoked mussels? Oh, man, those are delicious. And I looked, and I found a can, and the can's missing the wrapper. You know, it's, you're playing a mystery can roulette. You never know what's going to be in there when you pop it open. But like... It looks the right shape. It might be canned mussels. And I popped the can open and praise the Lord, it was. And I got my little salt shaker out because you got to put extra salt on them. And we salted them. And I we took a bite. And they weren't good. We still ate them. I looked at the expiry date on the can. We couldn't read it exactly. It was either 2016 or 2017. But we ate them. <laughs> After we ate them, I said to Rebecca, we might regret that. That might have been a bad choice. I didn't feel like everything was good. I didn't sit there and go, oh, man, those were good. I ate those. I'm like, oh, God, don't let it kill me. Lord, please, Lord, let me, let me live through this. I, I, I survived pretty well. Rebecca almost died, but we brought her back. But it wasn't something that I ate it and went, oh, yeah, this is good. I ate it and went, boy, I am stupid. But the Bible says that Jeremiah took the word of God. And the Bible says that he found fullness of joy. Thy words were unto me as joy and rejoicing of heart. We walk around on empty. We walk around sad and depressed and joyless when God wants to give you joy. God wants your joy to be full. And that's a benefit of the word of God. God can fill up your joy. 
The Bible says, Jesus said to the disciples, I have meat you know not of. But Jesus, you didn't come to town. You didn't get any food. And Jesus said, I'm full. I have meat you know not of. Christian, you can be full. Full of joy. As a benefit of the word of God. And lastly, we'll close with this verse. Back in Psalm, the 126th Psalm. In verses 5 and 6 of that psalm. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The Word of God, what is the benefit of the Word of God? It is seed, seed for sowing. I worked for several years for a company called True Green Kimlon. I started with that company as a salesman just a couple of months before my wife and I got married. And I worked in sales for, I don't remember now how long it was. Was it a year? Maybe a year. And I left sales and I went into production, which meant I went into doing the, uh, the work on the properties. I, I, I did aeration first and then I, I went into lawn care. And I did fertilizer, weed control, all of those things. And every once in a while as part of my job, I would do an overseeding. Now, I often would push a big hopper with fertilizer, and I would, as I would push it, the fertilizer would spread out, but sometimes I would do an overseeding, and I would fill the hopper with seed, and I would adjust the setting on the hopper, the spreader, and I would push that spreader, and as I pushed that spreader, the seeds would drop out the holes in the bottom, and the little, little wheel would spin and disperse the seed. Now, it would have been pretty dumb for me to got up to an address, got out of my vehicle, get open the back hatch, get that green hopper out, that spreader, empty, and then adjust it, pull the lever, and push an empty spreader around the yard. That'd be pretty dumb. It'd be pretty useless. It wouldn't do anything. Now, I would be going across the yard. I would be covering all the right area, but I wouldn't be spreading any seed. Got to have the seed. Like the farmer, Caleb works in farming, in custom farming. They'll tell you it'd be pretty dumb for a farmer to spend lots of money and equipment and people to operate it to prepare a field and to run a cedar out in that field and not put any seed in the cedar. That'd be pretty stupid. That'd be useless. And then the farmer sits back and goes, well, where's my canola? How come the canola's not growing? Because you didn't put any seed in the ground. I'm so glad that I have the seed of the word of God. We have the seed. 
By the way, that's why I appreciate Brother Jim Price and Miss Ruth and the ministry of First Bible because they're the burden of that ministry is getting seed. To, to plant in places where there's no seed. We are blessed. We have the seed of the Word of God. By the way, it is the Word of God that brings forth life by His Spirit. May we realize the blessings and the benefits of this book. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, can I tell you that this seed, this Word, can bring forth eternal life inside of you. If you believe, there was a man, we know him simply as the Philippian jailer, not the Filipino jailer, but the Philippian jailer. And he was going to take his own life. And Paul stepped out and said, hey, don't do that. And he said, what must I do? What must I do to be saved? What did Paul say to him? He had to believe. If you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, can I tell you the answer? It's not religion. It's not joining this church. It's not being baptized. It's not reading the Bible. It's not studying. It's not doing good works. The answer is you need to believe. Believe what? The Word of God. Believe what? The record of the gospel. What's the gospel? The death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, can I tell you that He wants you to believe on Him today, to receive Him today? Christian, would you realize the benefits we have in this blessed book? Let's pray together. Lord, I thank You for Your perfect Word. Lord, how wonderful that we have your truths. Lord, we can learn how to die and how to live. We can find hope. We can find help. Lord, I pray this morning that we would see the importance, the benefits of this book. Lord, maybe it is this morning that as believers, we've gotten away from our faithfulness to your word. Maybe it is we've let slack our, our study and our reading of your book. Maybe it is that we've let slip our faith in your word. And Lord, we're struggling in some areas. Maybe some areas we looked at today that we could have victory in. Because we've not realized the importance of this book. Lord, I pray that we'd make decisions today to love this book, to read this book, to study this book. To let you make it alive to us. Lord, I pray if there's one here this morning that knows you're not a Savior, Lord, I pray today that they would simply believe that they'd be willing to receive the gospel today. God, would you work in hearts today? God, would you be glorified with decisions made during this hymn of invitation? Lord, would your will be done? In your precious name we pray. Amen. Remember the Royce, if you'd lead us in a song of invitation, would you stand together with us this morning? Let's turn in our hymnals to number 595, and just a closer walk with thee. Number 595.
just keep me from all wrong. I'll be satisfied as long as I walk when she walks close to thee. Just a closer walk with thank you for that daily walk that we can have. Lord, I pray we'd realize the importance of it. May we see it as our daily bread. Lord, as you taught the disciples to pray. Lord, thank you for your book. Thank you for our Christian brothers and sisters that we can gather with today. Thank you for this local church. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the encouragement that I've received today. Thank you for your blessing. Lord, I pray you bless now. Be with our Folks, as they prepare for the choir special for next Sunday, Lord, I pray you be with us this afternoon. Be with us as we gather back for our service tonight in our fellowship. Lord, may you be glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen.